Hello, and welcome to the Power Your Advice podcast. The Power Your Advice podcast is designed to bring financial advisors new ideas, why those ideas should be considered, and how to implement them into your business. This podcast is brought to you by Advisorpedia, the best place for advisors to grow their minds and businesses. And now, please join your host, Doug Heikinen. Hello, and welcome to our fall pop-up podcast center in New York City. We welcome Larry Pitkowski, the managing partner and portfolio manager at Good Haven Capital. Good Haven believes value investing is owning quality businesses run by exceptional leadership that can be purchased at a price significantly below intrinsic value. That's good stuff. Welcome, Larry. Thank you, Doug. Nice to be here. It's a great day in New York. I mean, it couldn't be any better out there today walking around, and I'm really thankful that we're here. Uh, As am I. Good Haven Capital, if you would, please give us a nice overview of your firm. Doug, I would describe Good Haven Capital as a boutique, value-oriented, primarily equity-oriented money management firm. The firm we uh, I co-founded it, we kind of fully launched it in the spring of uh, 2011. We've been around for a while. We are fortunate to have the backing of a wonderful minority partner in Markel Corporation. I and my family are amongst the biggest uh, clients and investors, uh, uh, individuals that we're aware of. So this is not an academic exercise. Uh, the investments uh, we make and the things we're trying to accomplish uh, you know, matter a lot to my family and I personally. And uh, I think that is what I would call is a good little summary of uh, you know, who we are and how we think. I mentioned your value investors in the opening. What is value investing and what is not, in your opinion? You know, Doug, uh, value investing, in our view, is trying to look at stocks as if they are part ownership, which they are, of a real business, trying to make investments in those securities when you feel you are getting a lot more than you are paying, that you are purchasing something at a material discount to what you think the underlying value of the business is. I think it also means you are a primarily you're a fundamental investor, you are a long-term oriented investor. And I think the market uh, where prices bounce around all the time is there to serve you, not to guide you. You're not sitting around every day uh, drawing inferences from every little squiggle in the stock price. You're trying to use those squiggles to be opportunistic for yourself and your clients. What I think value investing is not, it is not uh, the need to have a draconian and negative view of the world all the time. It does not mean you need to buy the statistically cheapest securities out there that may be inferior businesses run by inferior people with uh, crummy balance sheets. And I think sometimes those things get a little bit lumped in with value investing. So I think that the most important tenets in value investing are investing with a margin of safety, being long-term oriented, and thinking of stocks as little pieces of businesses, which is what they are. Has being as a value investor been tough this year, or has it been advantageous? I think, first of all, over time, value investing has been shown, if done exceptionally well, it's not an easy 
game to exceed at, if done exceptionally well, uh, has the potential to provide investors with above average returns and less risk. That is the whole goal. I think we had seen some froth and speculation in certain parts of the market in the recent past. Periods where there is froth and speculation uh, are often a bit harder for value investors because you have a price discipline. You, you know, there are, So I think those periods can be harder, and we also went through some periods in the recent past where there was a, uh, the markets were, there was just an enormous amount of focus on a handful of companies, you know, some of it warranted, some of it not. And again, there was enormous amount of speculation. That has changed quite a bit over the last year or so. Uh, Interest rates are higher, there's inflation, there's even more volatility than there has been in the past. And so I think it has been a good climate for opportunistic value investors to find new potential investments. But I, I don't think I am one to have been complaining too much over the last couple of years. And in my opinion, it's just you wake up every day in search of intelligent things to do with capital. You find them rarely. And there are times when you just got to get up earlier and go to sleep later and work harder. And there are times when there's more to do. And that's just part of how things work. You enjoy this a lot, don't you? I do. I feel fortunate to have found a uh, a vocation, uh, which if done exceptionally well, can also be commercially rewarding, that I happen to enjoy very much. I think something that's important for uh, people to know about Good Haven is I think to a great extent, if there were no you know clients or shareholders, I don't think I would be doing anything very different day-to-day as it relates to the portfolio. You know, I'm a large investor. My family, a lot of people close to me are very large investors, as is my minority partner. So, you know, we're not saying one thing and doing another. This is how we believe money should be compounded sensibly. Good Haven has been around for a while, as you said, but you refer to Good Haven 2.0. What's that? Uh, Good Haven has been around for a while. Again, we fully launched in the spring of 2011, and, you know, we, we had some you know, some very good years. We had a little uneven period there in the middle. But, you know, uh, change is good is one of my three favorite sayings. And at the end of 2019, we went through a couple of changes where I took over full control of the portfolio. And uh, more recently, we've, uh, our our longtime senior analyst has become a, uh, a partner in the business. And I think we, we use those changes to try and reinforce some things that, you know, we may not have been focusing enough on, such as there's nothing inconsistent in value investing event with owning good quality growing companies. You just have to purchase them with a big margin of safety. There's no need to always have a, you know, negative view about uh, the near term of the world. So uh, we christened some of those, that period starting at the end of 19, when we went through some you know, some changes, some management changes, which everybody seemed to feel wasn't the best thing to do. That's Good Haven 2.0, and I think it's been a kind of a healthy uh, little bit of a reboot. Uh, so now I think from an advisor standpoint, you've got people running the show, primarily myself, who've been around for a long time, kind of energized uh, here at Good Haven 2.0, 
we've got a, a nice, stable, a solid business, but not so much capital that it's hard to move the money around. And I think it's been a nice couple of years when I look at our returns since the kind of end of 19 were, you know, kind of nicely ahead of the S&P. And I would, I would venture to say we've taken a lot less risk to do it and kind of excited for the future. Whenever we get really good investment minds on, on the podcast, we like to ask them about the market and certain things. So I hope you don't mind if I shoot some things like, what do you think about the current macro backdrop? I don't mind if you ask, as long as you're not going to be upset with how, <laughs> with how, with how little I have to say about it. But I'll, well, I'll, you, can ask, we'll, you can ask anything you want. We'll see what you have to say. <laughs> so the first one is, you know, let's talk about the current macro backdrop. Doug, in investing, I think it's really important to try and focus on what's important and what is knowable. There's lots of important things in investing that just aren't knowable, okay? That you could, and, you know, uh, to predict interest rates, or to predict is there going to be a recession, how long is the recession going to last? These are all wonderful things, uh, and, and they are important, but I think you can work as hard as you want, and it's really hard to develop an edge or a, a true insight into these areas as compared to having an insight about a handful of businesses and where they're going and what's a good price, you know, within a range to buy them. So the macro backdrop today is interest rates have risen dramatically, okay? And by the way, a couple of years ago, we mentioned to, you know, to uh, clients, shareholders, that we had some investments that would in partly benefit from higher interest rates that had for certain reasons. And that was going to happen one day. We didn't know when. Here we are with much higher interest rates. We have much higher inflation, okay? The Federal Reserve and central banks around the world are attempting to rein in inflation by raising short-term interest rates very aggressively. The economy appears yeah I don't think you have to uh, you know I don't think you have to do a staggering amount of uh, analysis to realize that the economy is slowing in some parts it's slowing more materially in some regions it's slowing more materially and that's the backdrop that we've got we've also got a lot more volatility we've had more volatility in the financial market for markets for quite a while I mean I think that's you have an enormous amount of trading that's done day to day that's not done by long-term fundamental investors. There's high-frequency trading and quants, factor investing. There's a lot of money that's run, you know, through uh, passive ETFs and funds of sorts. So I think that creates, uh, you know, more volatility. And I think the real economy is a bit more volatile. I think you see how people and businesses change their spending habits relatively, you know, quicker than they used to. So. That's the backdrop. Now, you can either say, okay, uh, what do I do about that? How do I find things that are sensible to buy? And how do I think about uh, what may come? And, and that's you know, perfectly normal. I do not think that I've, I've seen some existential moments, whether it be the great financial crisis of, of 08 or even the the uh, spring of 2020, early spring of 2020, uh, with the COVID-19, when we did the economy shutting down to, you know, a material extent, those were very, and liquidity drying up, there were, those were very severe existential concerns about markets and economic activity. I think today we have, you know, some things to be aware of, but 
you know, the, the sun is coming up and there are things to potentially do uh, while being mindful of those things, but not trying to predict them. Let's talk a little bit more about the market volatility. Um, besides the, the television stations screaming up and down about it, um, what do you think about all of it? I think the nature of, you know, stock prices have always been more volatile than the underlying businesses they represent, okay? You, you know, there's a lot of emotion involved. People buy and sell, you know, for all kinds of reasons, having nothing necessarily to do with the fundamentals. There's sometimes forced sellers. People get very focused on what the price is as opposed to what the underlying value is. I mean, if, if uh, you and I owned, a, uh, you know, owned an apartment building on this block, we would spend a lot of time, I would hope, thinking about, all right, what, are, what can we rent these units at and what are we going to pay for the building and what might be the rents in three or four years and what are our expenses. And you know, if it was a publicly traded thing and the price bounced around a lot and we thought the price was kind of ridiculous... I don't think we would, I would hope we wouldn't really care too much. If the price was ridiculously low, I would hope we would try and, you know, buy more shares. But I think we'd spend a lot of time focusing on those underlying fundamentals. Unfortunately, the nature of markets where everybody having prices on their, on their phone instantaneously, and it's just going to create uh, more emotion and more volatility. And what, what we try and do at Good Haven is to try and use the volatility to make opportunistic purchases and sales selectively and infrequently for our clients and shareholders. So again, the market is there to serve you, to provide you with opportunities um, and not on a minute-by-minute basis to kind of tell you anything. What makes Good Haven potentially an interesting firm for advisors to partner with that's different from others in your space? I think Good Haven has a few attributes that are unusually positive. One, you have somebody at the helm who's had a lot of experience and has a very interesting track record with a history of success. Two, you have a firm that is not at the moment gigantic and where assets are so big that it's hard to move the money around. Three, I think you have a uh, you have a group of people that is quite energized uh, to march forward and to continue to try and do a good job for our clients and shareholders. And, you know, finally, I think we have the backing of very you know a wonderful minority partner in uh, Markel. So I think those are uh, attributes. Uh, qualities, characteristics that I, I don't think there are many that quite fit that bill. I can't let you leave without asking for a few compelling stock ideas that you own and and why. One, uh, we are often contrarians to some extent, though being a contrarian is not by and of itself a strategy. You know, it's just not so good to always just want to uh, do the opposite of what everybody uh, else is doing. Though, you know, though it sometimes is an appropriate place to look for ideas. We own, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, we had bought some shares of Lennar, the, now the second biggest home builder in the United States. We were impressed with management. Uh, we were impressed with the go-forward strategy. We thought it was becoming a 
better business, higher returns on uh, capital, on equity, uh, a, a balance sheet that we thought was very manageable. And we thought the United States may have been in a period where single-family homes had been kind of underbuilt and you know, there was a healthy amount of demand. That thesis proved to be, you know, very sensible. Uh, we also, you know, probably, I think, spring and summer of 21, we said, look, the housing market in the United States is going to slow one of these days. It's not going to stay like this. And we don't know when, but it will happen. Whenever that happens, as we wrote, that's not the time to rethink the thesis on Lenar, which we think over time will continue to deliver good results for us. Here we are. I mean, the housing market is obviously slowing, the extent of the slowing. I mean, you can't, you've more than, you know, to some extent, you've more than doubled mortgage rates. Uh, housing is slowing uh, as we knew it would at some point. Uh, the the uh, depth of the slowdown, the length of the slowdown, we don't know. Uh, neither, by the way, neither does anybody, even as talented as uh, Stuart Miller and his team at Lenar. However, the stock price, uh, the Lenore B shares are currently somewhere around 62 bucks a share. Earnings for this year look like they're going to be, you know, call 15, 16 bucks a share. That and next year, or the year after, even if you assume uh, much slower business, lower margins, uh, you take the key metrics down, you could still earn, you know, north of 10 dollars. So we think even in a material slowdown. The shares look attractive. We think the thesis long-term looks intact. And I think it's one of those opportunities to step back a little bit, uh, think about the longer term, and look at the stock price, which to us is a giving you an opportunity if you're willing to think a little bit beyond today or tomorrow, given what the earnings uh, could be even in a weaker environment. We think you're still getting quite a bargain on the Lenar. Larry, thanks for taking the walk down here and spending some time with us. It's been a pleasure to spend time with you. Doug, thank you. It's been a lot of fun and interesting, and I'd love to do it again. Great. To learn more about Larry and Good Haven, please visit goodhavenllc.com. We'd like to thank our friends at Jay Connolly for hosting the Podcast Center. Please follow us for timely updates on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook, all at Advisorpedia. For everybody at Advisorpedia, our producer, Julia Smolin, and the Power Your Vice podcast team, this is Doug Heikinen.